Hello everybody, my name is Jeremy Franchese. This is First Floor Conversations, where the view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. Today, we're talking about LinkedIn's top companies to work for in 2019. What is going on everybody? I hope you're doing super well. Coming off a nice weekend, a little bit rainy in the DC metro area, but nonetheless we're plugging along. Had a nice weekend, a little bit of live music, it's always nice that I can catch a show or do something helps me recharge. Grew up with a lot of music uh, for those that don't know me, so whenever I can see a show, jam band, see some people. Uh, having some fun on stage, I, I feel like it's always a, a, a great weekend or a great time spent with some good people. Uh, but since the last week, LinkedIn dropped their best companies to work for in 2019. So I figured let's jump on, let's talk shop, and uh, see what we got. Put some thoughts on it. So for those that have or haven't, uh, LinkedIn dropped their their fourth annual ranking in the most sought after companies today. Uh, for those that do or don't know, let me break down the criteria for you to make the list. First and foremost, LinkedIn drops the top companies, uh, but they also exclude themselves as well as the parent company, Microsoft. So it's good to know, food for thought, in case you're hungry. So here, here's how they, they break it down. It's, it's all anonymized actions across four main pillars. One, interest in the company. Two, engagement with the company's employees. Three, job demand uh, and employee retention. Uh, now, between you, me, and uh, the uh, 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 other people hanging out, uh, that could mean a lot of different things. But based on what I'm reading from LinkedIn, that's what we got for drivers and how you make the list. So, so let's uh, let's draw, let's let's chop it up because I think what's really interesting about the list is a couple things. There are many companies that are, are repeat uh, recipients of, of being named to the list. I don't think that's a surprise. There's some uh, that absolutely like were crushing it last year and dropped off a cliff uh, not to be seen on the list, which I, I find interesting as well. Uh, but, but I think ultimately uh, there are a couple really key straightforward takeaways that are very clear for anybody that's going to take a chance or take a moment and look at this, but I figure I'll, uh, I'll give you a bite-sized takeaway for, for those that may not have the time. First and foremost, uh, nearly 40% of companies are new to the list. So um, out of the 50 companies, 40 being 40%, uh, that's, that's actually pretty impressive, right? That's good. That means there's new companies that are, are taking hold, maybe updating workforce strategies, uh, changing their organizational structures to, to be more uh, uh, accommodative to, to a multi-generational workforce, driving engagement, satisfaction, retention, maybe opening up new jobs in different sectors or different lines of the business, uh, obviously playing into this criteria of, of making the list. But uh, newly recognized to, to top company to work for include Bank of America, Citibank, Slack, no surprise there, Wells Fargo, Pinterest prepping their IPO for those that have or haven't followed. Uh, Warren Buffett was talking about Pinterest. He's not a huge fan of it. He says there's better buys out there for the same $25 billion value, or, or I think it's a $12 billion value, excuse me. Uh, but that'll be an interesting uh, uh, IPO itself. Uh, as well as Coinbase is, is, is a recipient of, of being a top 50 company to, to work for. Uh, but in the 40% of the, the new to the list, the, there's one thing that dominated 
old and new, and that's technology companies. Uh, there's just no beating it. The, the old and new tech companies are dominating this list. And, you know, I think there's a couple reasons. I think some, uh, it, it, with respect to just attracting some of the, 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 uh, best of the the best in the area uh you know in in our workforce there's really no surprise like you know we've known and we've discussed the shortage in in blue collar highly qualified you know technical workers um so a lot of people are skilled qualified leveraging technological uh capabilities and and you know it's no surprise that they're going to some of these companies the netflixes the the airbnbs some cisco and intel are competitively ranked dell oracle some some ogs so to speak so is splunk uh some company maybe a lot haven't heard of Uh, and then there's snowflake computing held out at number 49 but what you're gonna find that's interesting and very straightforward and, and kind of ties into the message of the whole the whole conversation today is these companies emphasize values over perks. What do I mean by that? Well, I I, I mean they're not giving uh, their employees a carrot to bite on and say love our company, work for us, uh, and and everything will be kosher, right? They are putting it in front of them from the get that value driven work experience is what they're doing so companies like uh disney paying full tuition even for part-time employees you know tuition reimbursement slack is is running a you know coding skills programming um within prisons like they're trying to develop people for rehabilitation lyft offering free therapy to employees and their dependents we work has all vegetarian cafeteria catered to them uh, Goldman Sachs is, you know, number 21 on the list has relaxed their once really strict dress code, right? Um, what are we talking about? We're talking about making cultural decisions that impact the life experience of employees. We're not talking about what can we add to the benefit program. We're not talking about adding a 4% versus a 3% match on a 401k policy. We're talking about changing the bloodline of a company to say we act and portray versus uh, 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 what the media says, right? Like we act, meaning like we are leading by example in everyday actions. We want to attract the best of those. We want to retain the best of the best. We're going to put policies in place, procedures in place, tools, strategies, insights in place that show everybody whether they're a, a, a sixth separation away hearing from a friend of a friend of a friend about the company or if they are interviewing, they'll hear the same thing. And that's we care about our people. We care about these values. We live it. We breathe it. We in, in, immerse ourselves and our employees in it. And, and to give a really one specific example, When I say companies believe in values over perks, Facebook, in their interview processes, now let's be honest, I'm not interviewing for Facebook right now, so it's reading, it's what I'm getting is from third party, but but whether they are or aren't doing this, let's pretend they are, I think the principle is uh, uh, enough to move the point across the table. In their in their interviews, they ask, and I'm I'm uh, uh, what sort of I'm I'm saying I'm paraphrasing. uh, You come home from your best day, right? You get to your home, you walk in, you open the door, you sit down and you sit and think to yourself, I'm so happy, I have the best job ever. Tell me what you did that day. When you receive that in an interview, it tells them beyond any shadow of a doubt, they want you to love your job and they wanna know what it means from your vantage point. 
Now, is that one thing gonna make them a top 50 company to work for? No. We all know Facebook's been going through hell right now between their data, their privacy, different leadership decisions. But my point is this, you can't fake uh, uh, you can't, you can't fake really caring to an extent of where it lasts and it creates long-term sustainable cultural, operational, financial results. So if a company like Facebook is sitting down with their employees in a preliminary interview, going through the process of vetting through them, whether they're a fit or not, maybe they're a fit for a different role than the one that actually interview and they're trying to repurpose the quality candidate, they look at them and they ask them. You leave this job and you go home and you see your wife, your spouse, your significant other, your mom, dad, brother, cousin. You go home, wherever home is for you, and you look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is the best job. I'm, I'm so happy I work here every day. Tell me what you did that day to evoke such gratitude, positivity, and, and warm emotions. Whether they get the job or not, it's proof one way or another that they care about their people. So making this list is not about who has the sexiest healthcare policy. It's not about who has beanbag chairs in their damn office. It's not about who has like a window desk. Like I've seen the craziest setups with people on Instagram and, and these stories and like, I get it. Don't get me wrong. Standing desks are great. Would love it. But, but the principles are this isn't about tchotchkes and one-off payments. The companies dominating this list, eroding share of people that now are not on this list, are doing things that bleed through the organizational activity, operations, leadership, management, everything. It's not about beanbag chairs and, and, and deductibles. It's about truly caring down to the, the janitor and, and the, the cleaning staff, the part-time employees the temp agencies. I'm going to put out uh, a, a podcast in the near future that discusses how significant it is to give accurate, uh, 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 give an accurate explanation and an impression of what the job will be during interviews and preliminary job postings and things of that sort. Because one way to certainly not make this list is to not give a fair understanding of the freaking jobs that people are applying for. So they get the job, they start work, they are blindsided by a job description that is not what they signed up for, the culture that is not what they were told. They're sold a bag of goods. And those goods are terrible. So we'll talk about that at another point, but I think it beats, you know, it gets it gets to the point, right? Companies that value excuse me, companies that emphasize values over perks are going to win, especially if it's from top down CEO to janitor. Like everybody understands it and they don't feel that it's a BS policy. Tech companies, old and new, are dominating the rankings. They're driving innovation. They're driving culture. They're driving an understanding that we need the best of the best. And if you're not happy, satisfied being developed, you're not going to be the best of the best. And for you to win in, in the race of, of pure technological advancement, your people have to move fast, be inspired, and develop. These companies understand that. And so the fact that nearly 40% of these companies, right, 19 of the 50 are new to the list. And if you look at this, a couple examples, Bank of America, Slack, and Coinbase, I don't think I've, I would ever think to put those three companies in the same sentence. Citibank, Wells Fargo, Pinterest, right? 
there is a shift going on and for companies that are understanding that by 2020 over 50% of the working uh, the we're over 50% of our active workforce is going to be millennials right now if millennials are in fact our our largest actively working uh, generation comparatively speaking but the facts are the facts we have a multi-generational workforce we have an over uh, we, we have we have more job openings than we do candidates to fill them there's going to be a bidding war companies that are in are instilling value over perks in their infrastructure are going to have a better chance of getting great top talent because if i if i read off these top 10 or 15 companies from from uh, uh this list like i don't think anybody here would would raise a finger and be like oh excuse me jeremy no that that sounds like bs like i'm talking we're talking alphabet facebook amazon salesforce deloitte uber apple Air, like these are not surprising picks but what they're doing is it, i actually this is so funny i was i was scrolling instagram and i saw a a, a post uh, regarding IBM. IBM is has developed uh, some AI programming that actually can detect uh, for employees that are looking to leave. Uh, I know that that with what, you know with the nature of what I do and what with the clients I work with, we bring data to the table as well to help predict uh, turnover and and it's things like you know you, there's enough data out there like especially with what I do specifically. I try not to talk about my specific job and things like that but i think it pertains here is companies that have the ability the data the tools and the infrastructure strategies and, and the, the the willingness to try new things are gonna be more inclined to make this list because for example if you know and i'm just gonna throw random numbers if you know for a fact that the an employee that has a greater than 26 minute commute to work is 65 percent more likely to leave after six months how are you going to address that problem that I'm not saying that's exactly the case for your company, but I am saying that at this point in time in 2020, the first month of Q2, that data is available for you if you're willing to pick up the phone or reach out to a consultant or somebody like myself. Like people can help you. So that that problem of a revolving door or this engagement problem or this retention problem, people are adding work from home policies, not out of thin air to feel cool and nice and friendly and hip. They're looking at data and if they're not, they're crazy. But if you recognize that a disproportionate amount of your staff have long commutes greater than 30 minutes and you can see the data based on turnover, engagement, retention, things of that sort because of data points like that, not just that, but like that, you can enhance your values over perks through data-driven decisions to enhance the culture, enhance tools of retention, enhance benefit offerings, things are like that that truly not only just make it on the LinkedIn's list, like it's not about lists, but it's about creating a long-term, sustainably profitable business. And at the end of the day, if your employees are engaged, their 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 attention is retained. They're not looking, they're not one foot in, one foot out, right? They're productive and they're being developed. As long as your core business model is designed correctly, your management is willing to give constructive feedback and, and understand how to drive motivation, inspiration, uh, development. You have the right materials to drive a productive, profitable, and effective workforce. And so with these companies, whether you're Cisco and you're, you're, you're old school and people know you, like, I mean, ADP, like, like Wells Fargo, these are not like, like people know these names, Goldman Sachs, but when we're mixing into these, 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 these Titans, so to speak, the Ubers and the Airbnbs and, and Salesforce, so to speak, you start to reverse engineer, okay, why are certain companies still around in a positive light? And why are some of them being thrown in the trash? Because some are making changes and some are not. It takes time and energy and effort to turn a ship 
180 degrees around. You can't just rip the wheel, pull the e-brake, and skid your way through the direction. You're gonna flip the ship. But you have to make strategic, data-driven assessments of your group, understanding who are the workforce demographics you're managing. Who do you actually need to be targeting that to fill the spaces? I think it was, uh, uh, I was reading something like Salesforce has, I think it was like you know 5,000 open positions or something like that. With respect to this 2019 list of companies that are most sought after to work for, Understanding who you're marketing to is a big variable. I think we can agree on that, right? So I think that this is pretty simple. And, and you know, I'm going to put a different podcast out about Google's recent, uh, what sort of looking for? They recently, uh, you know, announced that they're going to be giving out, uh, you know, benefits, so to speak, to everybody, contractors, everything. They're, they're really leaning into the gig economy, supporting their contractors, um, I foresee that being a huge, huge, huge shift that that becomes heavily adopted. And you can offer benefits to 1099, so to speak, but where do we draw the line between compliant and not compliant ownership of employees and contractors? That's another conversation I'm gonna, I'm gonna really dive into. But I think what, what it comes down to is with respect to Google looking at how they can better support their staff from that perspective, Facebook in day one looking at you and saying, hey, you go home happy, happier than ever, grateful for the job. What did you do to feel that way? What type of day? What kind of business? What kind of work did you do? Let us understand what makes you happy, fulfilled, makes you tick, right? There are controllables. There are some guesses. There's some data. There's some strategy. Ultimately, what it comes down to is the companies that understand keeping a pulse on the shifts in the marketplace are more inclined to stay on this list. Now, this list is by no means the the holy trinity of all companies there's a million lists that come out and i'll be the first one to say that there's a a best businesses to work in fill in the blank like seven thousand of them that come out every year that's not to derail or devalue the companies because they're doing something right but the point is this 40 percent of these companies are first timers which means that 40 percent like some people didn't make it (laughs) what did they do did they stay complacent did they make a wrong bet and go down or were they simply lapped because i promise you in this current state doing nothing is doing something because somebody else is doing something to pass you so whether you're an employee of a company you're an entrepreneur you're you're an executive in a, you know whatever level you're in the end of the day there are there are some things that are that are clear from the outside and and some opportunity to dive deeper on the inside uh but very simple linkedin's top 50 companies most sought after companies to work for the list is out form your own opinion but from my vantage point i see a huge opportunity for these newcomers that are stomping on the list 19 to 50 saying hey we're here we're proud and we're we're making an impact because we value our employees based on actions not based on on just media buzz and glass door reviews like we truly ingrain it in our company tech companies are dominating the space so looking at what they're doing how are they being unique how can uh (coughs) excuse me how, how can a blue collar business let you know learn from them how can a gray collar business learn from these tech companies how can other companies small medium companies look at this list of companies which are 10,000 15 20 40 60,000 100,000 employee companies what can you learn from them because it's challenging to enhance culture and be uh you don't you know you don't make the list by just being a sexy name 
You have to have something internal that makes it something to be sought after, not just the name. So if I'm working in a small company and I have a voice or I'm trying to build a voice, I would look at this list, look at these companies, do some research and bring it to the company. Hey, these five or 10 companies all seem to have these things in common. What can we do to build that? If you have Amazon knocking on your back door, had a couple meetings this past week, with companies in the DC metro area that, that we're talking about Amazon because they're knocking on their back door with incredible offerings and they're like, how do we stay competitive? How do we make sure our employees aren't one foot in, one foot out? A great way to look at it is to look at lists like this, do some research, do something to, to inquire, do something to gather data, and then form an opinion and, and progress. But at the end of the day, value over perks and uh, must keep a pulse on the market, must understand who your target is, must understand who your workforce is, must understand what makes them happy. And dialing back to my last episode, do your employees voice, is it heard? Are they empowered to provide feedback? Are you asking them what they love, what they don't love? Whether you can change it overnight is not the real question. The question is, are you providing them the empowerment to feel like their voice is valuable? I guarantee you, your employees have ideas of how they can make it a better place. And if your employees think that they have ideas that can make it better, that means they're looking for reasons to stay, not looking for reasons to go. But at the end of the day, happy employees, retained employees, engaged employees, developed employees, and and making it on the list of, of most sought after companies to work for, acquiring the communal, the cultural, operational, financial effectiveness to make it on this list, starts with the basics. And that's what we talk about here. My name is Jeremy Franchese. Thank you so much for for stopping by, hanging out wherever you're listening. Um, Very grateful for those that that have been consistently giving feedback, um, consistently, you know, providing their thoughts and and ways to improve. Uh, But at the end of the day, this this is first floor conversations where the view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. There's plenty more to come.